We give him thanks for his glory. Amen, church? Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord, just to give you thanks and proclaim those promises over our lives. Sing it with me, church. Father, sing it. The Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Come on. Lord, I can't help but say. Come on, lift your voice. He's faithful. Sing it.
He's been faithful, amen? We'll sing it. And if he's faithful, this is what we'll do. Say, I will rest. I will rest. And your promises, my confidence. Say, your faithfulness is your faithfulness. And I will rest. Yes. In your faithfulness, my confidence is your faithfulness. He is faithful. Has he been faithful to you, church? Let's sing about it. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. No, my day. I've been held in your hand From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head And I will sing All the goodness of God Come on, you believe it? We sing it. Oh, here we go. Cause all my life you have been in The goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire, and in darkest night, you were close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a
Hello, 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 church. How are you guys doing today? Man, you guys were worshiping. Woo, thank you for that. Um, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. My name is Roxy de Santiago. It's my honor and pleasure to be part of your worship team. I am Javier Gonzalez, also an honor to be a part of the worship team. I don't sing nearly as good as Roxy. Give it up for Roxy, guys. Isn't she phenomenal? My gosh. The best. He's, he's going for brownie points. He's going for brownie points because he knows that what I'm about to say, he doesn't like. We made him come out from behind the drums so y'all can see he has legs. It's not just... <laughs> It's not just from here up. He's actually a whole person. Thank you for coming out here Absolutely. with us. Have you had? But first of all, it is our honor and pleasure to be your worship leaders. And man, you guys were worshiping today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. That's, that's, that does all the work that we put into it. That makes it worth it. Because we don't come out here just to, you know, to sing songs. And it's not a concert. It's not a performance. It is to lead you to the presence of the Almighty and I am so glad that you guys were there today. Amen. He's Amen. God. Absolutely. He's God. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, got some announcements for you today. Starting on Wednesday, September 6th from 5.40 p.m. to 6.50 p.m., for middle school and high school students, we're going to be having free tutoring and study hall. And I don't know if uh, any of you guys were like me growing up, but, you know, I need all my fingers and toes just to do math. So, you know. Uh, my, my teachers, when you're growing up, they told you you'd never have a calculator walking with you, and now we carry them everywhere. So that's my excuse. But uh, for the rest of us who are still students, we're going to have tutoring. Um, it will be in the youth rec room every Wednesday, and uh, I would recommend it, guys. You know, um, just a little bit of a boost whenever you could get it is very helpful as a student. Uh, I know I definitely needed it growing up, and thankfully I turned out okay, you know, so-so. But Roxy did too, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> questionable, questionable. Questionable, questionable. But if you would like to sign up for a, a student, uh, it's available on the app or on the website or by calling the front office, you can do that. Um, and yeah, it's free, guys. Take yeah. advantage, Listen, you know. sometimes your kids will ask you, hey, mom, hey, dad, can you help me with this homework? And you look at it and you're like, I know how to do math. But they don't do math the same way. It's like math changed all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Well, these tutors know how to do this new math. And they're going to help. And, and listen, everything that we can do to get our kids um, moving forward and continue their education, it's good for them and good for our families. Amen. Well, another thing that we can do that's good uh, is reaching out into our community and being part of the mobile food distribution. That occurs this Friday, September 8th. And I'm mentioning it today because we need volunteers um, to be here by 10. Um, you know, if you're if you're on New Beginnings time, we should say 9.45, 9.30-ish, yeah, yeah. right? But, but 10 o'clock, could you be here? It is an amazing opportunity for you as a, uh, a, a partner in New Beginnings Church to see how we reach out into the community. And some people who receive this box of food, they depend on it. Their food stamps, their social security, their disability, their paycheck doesn't reach from month to month and paycheck to paycheck. And this box of food makes all the difference for them. Yeah. We, it's one little step that we can take to stamp up hunger. Thank you for your giving. That makes it yep. possible. But also thank you for those of you who can come and be here on Friday at 10 o'clock to help distribute that food. It's really a great experience, guys, and there's nothing like seeing uh, 
how your tithes and offerings go into the church and how they really minister on a day-to-day basis. We don't really see that sometimes, but, you know, it's a really phenomenal thing to be a part of. You're blessed just as much as the people that you're blessing at that same time. Amen. Uh, next announcement that we want to talk about, Parents' Night, September, or Saturday, September 9th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. You can register. Now, if, correct me if I'm wrong here. This is where they drop off their kids. If you don't want your kids anymore, you can leave them. Oh, wait, no, wait. Sorry. It's not permanent. It, it's just that night. You've got to pick them up. You've got to pick them up. 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., though. It's whatever you guys want to do. It's your free time. Church, we're going to watch them for you guys. Not me personally, but maybe Roxy. But you can drop off your kids. <laughs> you can register again through the app on the website or call the office. Really simple, guys. I would definitely recommend it. And then Soldiers of the Cross. It's going to be our free men's conference Friday, September 15th and Saturday, September 16th. Again, same information. If you want to, you can go to the information table. I'm going to let Roxy tell you who to talk to because I messed up her name for service. Oh, you need to talk with Tressa. Tressa. Thank yes, you. Tressa. Yes. Tressa, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I killed your name for service. We still love you, Tressa. We yes, all we love do. You. Tressa is that wonderful person out front who's just always smiling. Isn't she awesome? And yes. she's a great, great person. Um, but listen, church, all of these announcements we went through and so much more are available on that QR code that, you know, mer- magically pops up behind me because Barbara makes it pop up. She's awesome. Thank you, Barbara. Um, thank you, Barbara. But so much more. If we skipped any of the details, if you want to <clears> if you want to um, get a hold of the pastors, if you want to reach out to us, you want to send us a message um, about something or you want to see what kind of classes are available or what other kind of programs are available, this QR code will help you do that. In addition to everything we talked about today, in addition to everything that is on our QR code, our motto here is to reach up to God, to reach in within our church, make sure we're growing, and to reach out to our community and show them the love of Christ. And so everything we do is to honor that. Um, And that could not be possible without your faithful giving. So thank you, church, to all of you who, who pay your tithes and your offerings. Um, consistently, there is, a, again, that magical QR code um, that exists now that you can click on. You can also leave your um, Tizen offering at the boxes at the entrances to the church. So thank you for that. Thank you for always volunteering. Thank you for making it possible for us to reach up, to reach in, and reach out to our community. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, church. Please, uh, thank you for listening to us. Please welcome to the stage Pastor Michael Romero. Thank you, Rocks Rocks. Javier. Thank you. What's up, family? Amen. Hey, church, if um, just a reminder, young people, you may be dismissed if you have not been yet dismissed. Young people, be dismissed to our youth. Give it up for our young people. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Young people, be dismissed. Hey, church, um, on, on the heels of what uh, Roxy and what Javier were talking about, they were talking about this uh, Soldiers of the Cross men's conference that we're hosting uh, here at New Beginnings Church. I wanted to talk about the men's retreat that is coming up in just under a week. Amen. Uh, the men of uh, New Beginnings will leave. Uh, there can be over 50 guys that are going on to this men's retreat uh, in Capitan, New Mexico. And just a a quick side note, if you have registered for that, I'm going to implore you, man of God, please check your email. 
Okay. There was a very important email that went out on uh, Friday afternoon. And so if you registered for that, please check your email. Uh, there's a very important link uh, that we have uh, on that email that if you do not follow that link and fill out, fill out that registration form, I know you've already registered with us at New Beginnings. Uh, the campsite does, or the retreat uh, center does uh, require you to register with them as well. And so if you do not register them, it's basically their liability waiver. And if you don't fill that out online, you're not going to be able to participate in the activities that they have to offer. So, again, men of God, if you register for that retreat, please check your email. Click on the link. If you need help with that, always talk to Sister Tressa. You could come and talk to me or just anyone who's willing and able to help you uh, follow through with that. Amen? Church, let's get into the Word. Let's do it. That's why we're here. Amen. Uh, Church, Pastor Richard... um, has been in this sermon series, and while I'm there, I want to say thank you to Pastor Richard for allowing me to, to bring the word today behind uh, this pulpit. Um, he sends his greetings to you from El Paso, Texas, as him and Pastor Cindy are spending some much-needed time with some family out there. So um, He's been in this sermon series titled, Choices That Determine Our Future. And it's been such an impacting sermon, I'm sure, uh, for me, and I'm, I'm sure you have. If you've been here for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the choices that we make, and some of those choices are the values that we choose, choosing the right team, and then we're talking about choosing the right guides for our life as well. And so, church, today, we're going to give the final installment to this sermon series, and it's titled, Choosing Which Doors to Walk Through. We're going to be talking about some of these doors that you and I uh, choose to walk through every single day. Um, Church, in the book of Revelation, we're going to be there today, chapter 3. That's going to be our base scripture. So if you have your Bibles, get it ready there, or you can follow along. Remember, always with the notes on our app. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, describes Christ as the one who opens doors. But not only is the one who opens doors, but he's the one that says, hey, these doors that I open, nobody can shut. And the doors that I shut, nobody can open. And so if, in fact, we believe that, then that means that you and I, as Christians, uh, we believe that Christ is the one that's going to open those doors. It means that in life, we need Christ to open and shut doors for both you and I. And so as we read this, um, I want you to have that in mind. I want you to have that in mind. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. The Lord says, to the angel. Now, when we speak about angels in the book, or really in the New Testament, we're talking about the messenger or the representative of. And he's, let me give you a little bit more context, actually. And he's writing this book, so you can take that down if you like, my sis. But he's, he's writing to this church in Philadelphia. And the church in Philadelphia uh, is one of the seven churches that has, been received, that has received a letter from Christ, dictated by Christ to John, to the seven churches. Now, out of the seven churches, there are only two that didn't get taken to the whooping post. Okay? One of those churches was Philadelphia that did not get taken to the whooping post. They were in such deep persecution, as many of us are today as Christians. Can we agree? And this is the important lesson here, is that you and I have to remain faithful. The church in Philadelphia remained faithful. 
that, that means, and so that's why Christ did not, uh, per, or rather, take them to the whipping post when he wrote these letters. Matter of fact, he encouraged the church because they were under such deep persecution. And so this is, if you're following along with your Bible, or maybe you have an actual literal Bible, or maybe you're following along in an iPad or a phone, we're reading out of the New Living Translation. Those are definitely going to be red letter Bibles. Those red letters mean what? This is Christ speaking. And so he's dictating this. Let's move forward. Verses 7 and 8. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Verse 8. I know your deeds. You see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Such encouragement coming from Jesus himself. Amen. Why don't we pray before we dig in? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can dig into not just your word, Lord, but lean into you today, Lord. So I pray that we lean in and hear your words, Lord, hear your heart, Lord, and that you would use me, Lord, to deliver this message, Lord, that can transform lives. Heavenly Father, I pray these things in your name. Amen. So church, every day, you and I walk through doors. Now, when we're talking about doors, right now we're talking about figurative doors, and we'll be talking about literal doors. But doors are very important. You see, you and I walk through so many doors. I mean, just this morning, I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure you guys don't count the doors that you walk through or that you use, but you get out of bed, and if you're like most people, like 99.9999% of people, the first place you go right after bed is probably the bathroom. Let's get real. And so you walk through that door. And then you walk through maybe your shower door. You come out of there, and then you go into your closet door, and you figure out and go, how pitiful am I going to look today? Uh, maybe, okay, that's just, I'm just telling you my story. That's just my story. Say, how pitiful am I going to look? Which one of these three pairs of pants am I going to choose? And then you walk out of your closet door, and you walk out of your bedroom door, then you walk into the kitchen door, and then from there you walk out of the front door to get into your car, and you open that door. And you sit in there, and then you remember you forgot the keys, and you got to walk right back out and do it all over again. That's just me, by the way. And you open your garage door, and on and on and on, you walk through these doors. The doors are a very important piece of our everyday life. That's the importance of doors. And see, the importance of doors, my family, is that they allow us to go into places and also come out of places. That's the importance of doors. Because if you don't have a door, then you're just locked in. Imagine if this room didn't have any doors. I know for a fact, Jack, some of you be calling the cops. This is entrapment! You guys would be saying that we're holding you hostage. No, this room just doesn't have doors. And so we're not meant to be in this confined space forever. It allows us to walk out as well. 
Not just to walk in, but also walk out. Amen? And so you and I desire growth. As humans, as, as, as humans as we are, we desire growth and the opportunity to move, not just stay stagnant and sedentary. You and I want to move and grow from level to level. The Bible calls it bringing us from glory to glory. We need open doors to move from one place to the other. The church, when it comes to open doors, you and I have to realize and remember that every door is a decision. When we have doors in our life, it's a decision that you and I have to make. Some of these decisions are maybe minimal decisions, small decisions. But most of the doors that we, we say, Lord, is this an open door? Lord, is this? When we seek the Lord, it's, it's a heavy decision that you and I have to make. These are decisions to say, am I going to open it or am I going to walk away, just walk right past this door? And that's why this sermon series has been so impactful. It's leading us to choose the right values, the right teams, the right guides. And today we're learning about the doors in our life. You see, we have to sit or really stand and ponder and consider what does this door even mean? And as young people, there's some young people in here. I remember once when I was younger than what I am, we didn't really think much about the doors that were in front of us, right? Now as we grow older and wiser with all the potholes we've hit from choosing wrong doors, we know that we have to sit for a little bit and consider, is this the right door? But see, when you were young, when we were young, we were kind of like, uh, you guys remember the Kool-Aid guy? Oh, yeah! <laughs> right? And you just bust open this door, and you, I'm going to make my own door. In fact, I'm just going to make my own door. I'm here. I have arrived. And then you immediately regret that decision. You're like, Wrong door, wrong door, wrong time. A lot of us, when we were young, hopefully not anymore. I've been known to be a knucklehead a day or two these days. But isn't it true that when we get older, we just sit back and carefully maneuver our next step? That's what we do. The Lord is growing us, or rather, teaching us to be wiser and to be more patient. Amen to that. And I'm hoping that if you're here today... You can stop for a moment, young people, or even those who are struggling with that, and really stop for a moment and carefully consider these doors that we're going to talk about today. You see, because your future, my future, is going to be paved, is going to be dictated by the doors that we choose to walk through or the doors that we choose to walk right by. That's your future. That's my future. We're going to walk by it. Look what it tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 19. It says, today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. That's what that verse is telling us. Man, he's going, man, man, come on, do it, bro. Choose life. And if he's given us this choice, 
The Lord is sovereign, but he's not going to make you. He's not going to force you into making this decision. He's not going to make this decision. You think God can't? God can do whatever he wants. He's God. But he's given us his choice, and he said, choose life or death. And he's going, please choose life. Because if we have this choice, if he's saying life or death, then that means there's a right door and a wrong door, a good choice and a bad choice. Sometimes you and I, we walk through the wrong doors. But what causes us to walk through the wrong, wrong doors? I don't think we do it on purpose. At least I hope not. We sometimes walk through the wrong doors because we're distracted. We're just completely distracted and we're going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bang. Bang. You guys ever been traveling anywhere outside of Albuquerque? Because, I mean, Albuquerque is not a city you can really get lost in too easy, right? It's pretty much a straight across grid, north, south, east, and west. But, man, if you've ever traveled outside of Albuquerque to a bigger city, no joke. Right? It's no joke. And then all of a sudden, you're six miles down, and this is all you hear. Mm, rerouting. Mm, rerouting. Make a U-turn. Mm, rerouting. Is it just me? Because that's all I hear. Six miles down. I've been so distracted that I'm six miles down in this entire time. Mm, rerouting. And I barely noticed. And then you're forced to take the wrong exit. You and I are getting distracted. You and I are getting distracted. And when we're distracted, we walk through the wrong doors. We're six miles down the way and boom, rerouting. And still nothing. And you take the wrong exit and you're distracted. But what gets us distracted? What gets us to do? There, there are horrible distractions in our life, and sometimes you and I are distracted with trials in our life. Trials. And if you're distracted by trials, I'm not saying you should just sit back and watch your life burn away. No, not at all. But if you're not connected to the source, you're distracted. If you're not allowing yourself to be plugged in to the main source or with his peace, with his comfort, you're distracted. You're definitely going to be distracted. And if you're distracted, you're walking through the wrong doors, which means what? In, in, this, in this analogy, we can talk about if you're distracted, you're taking the wrong exits. Maybe you're turning to drinking. You're distracted. Man, wrong door. Maybe it's a substance. Maybe it's overeating or overspending. Maybe it's hanging around the wrong people. You're distracted. And you're doing all these things. And if you remember the TV show, Let's Make a Deal, maybe I'm dating myself. But if you remember Let's Make a Deal, all you're getting is a big, fat zonk. Because you were supposed to choose door number three, but you chose door number one. Oh. Man, do 
I regret that decision. But see, you're distracted. You're picking the wrong doors. You're picking the wrong doors. And you've allowed your emotions to make the decision for you. But I have good news because if you look at our base text, verse 8, it tells us, I know your deeds. You see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. And you have kept my word and not denied my name. And so what's the comfort here? Is that in spite of our trials, of our distractions, of us making the wrong choice and opening the wrong doors, that door that you were supposed to open is still open if the Lord has not decided that he's going to close it for you. And blessings come when we maintain our faith despite those trials and tribulations in our life. Now, these distractions that I'm talking about don't always have to be the bad distractions, family. It can be the good distractions, too. I know that sounds like, that's weird. What's a good distraction? Well, let's talk about it. A good distraction, I was thinking the same thing. Because I was like, a good distraction? And so, as I'm working, it's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm working. Maybe you guys didn't catch that. I'm working at 3 o'clock in the morning, thinking about what a good distraction is. Yeah, working. As I'm working at 3 o'clock in the morning, and my wife is in bed alone, next thing you know, you're working, and 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 you're working. There was a point in time where I was working 90 to over 100 hours a week. My wife won't let me lie. She's right back there. My kids won't let me lie. They're right over there. Because why? It's a good distraction. You're saying, hey, man, I'm providing for my family. Yes, I am. I'm making that overtime money. Bringing in that bread. I'm doing good. We've been wanting to take a vacation. Anyway, I'm going to work, and I'm going to work, and I'm gonna, then you become infatuated with working and making that money. Next thing you know, you turn around, and you've left your family way back there. You need a calling card to get a hold of them. They're so far away. They're way out there. Is that a good distraction? Yes, it is. It is a good distraction because it's distracting you from what God has you doing. It's distracting you 100%, and you've chosen that wrong door because you're going to leave your family behind. And then what? What's another good distraction? Dare I say it, ministry. Dare I say it. Don't forget your number one ministry, your family, your spouse, your children. You've become addicted now to the work of the community. This is the work of the Lord. Yes, it is. Do we need, do we need foot soldiers? 100%. I'm the first one to tell you. Matter of fact, we've been doing it. We've been talking about this volunteer uh, push that we've been making that you guys have definitely stepped up. Am I asking you to sacrifice your family for the case, for the, in the case of like Isaac just joined our, our, our team on keyboards? And 
Am I saying, hey, Isaac, by the way, you're, you're going to have to live here now and forget about your wife. I need you here all the time. Hey, fellas, no, this, no, that's not what it's about. I don't want this to become a good distraction, a distraction nonetheless from what the Lord has called you to do. That's the wrong door. Zonk. You picked door number three. You were supposed to pick door number one. But you know what, family? The good thing is not every door is the wrong door. Not every door is a wrong door. Let's talk about the amazing opportunities that God has given us. These doors can be opportunities from God as well. Now, God, you see, these opportunities are the ones that elevate our life. They elevate us, and they take us from one level to the next, and they take us far and far and further and further in our faith, in our walk. They grow our families. These are the doors of opportunity that you and I have to really lean into. Now, if you were here about a week ago, a week ago Wednesday, actually, you were able to hear from Pastor Jaime Cervantes. And Pastor Jaime Cervantes, obviously, is a pastor who had made a lot of wrong decisions and chose a lot of wrong doors, as many of us have. He chose a lot, a lot, a lot of wrong doors. And then one day, he was presented with a God opportunity, the right door. And he finally grew up, and instead of being the Kool-Aid man, He sat and he considered really, man, this, I have the choice of life and death right now. Oh, that I would choose life. And he chose the right door and he entered our program of under his construction, our partner ministry here at New Beginnings Church. And they walked alongside of him and they helped him understand the importance of choosing the right doors. Men and women of God that are in that program, be encouraged, stay encouraged to choose the right doors. That's why we believe in programs like Under His Construction and Frontline Resurrection, that they'll walk alongside you and teach you, and guide you, teach you those values, teach you how to pick the right teams so that you can start choosing the right doors. You know, um, I was... having uh, some dinner uh, a few nights ago with a couple of fellows that I'm, that I'm mentoring. and We were talking about these God opportunities, about how God has been so good. And one fella says, I don't know why I'm talking like I'm in the 20s. One fella, where that came from, this cat, he goes, okay, now I move for the 40s. All right. That goes, hey, how did you get called into ministry? How did you know? When did you know? And I believe hardcore in just one-on-one -on -one discipleship and mentorship. And I told him my story, and I go, you know, I used to be a city bus driver. And I was, I mean, I was just months away from being fully vested in the city of Albuquerque. And my brother came to me one day, and he had already presented this opportunity to me a few times before. And he came to me that day, and he said, you know, Mike, I, I, have, a, I have a really good opportunity for you, man. It's, you know, 
it's a sales position, and I want you to really consider this because I think it's something that would benefit you and your family. I think you have the gift of sales. Now, you may see me up here now kind of speaking in front. I was not that guy before, ever. I'll sing on any stage you want me to, but to speak in front of people and to pitch things to people and sales and mm-mm, was not me. But he said, I think you have what it takes, man. I really, I, I, I can teach you. I can do this. And I said, oh, finally, he caught me at a good day. This guy knew what he was. He was a master of sales. He still is. He took me to a Vicente Fernandez concert. My weakness. My weakness. And he says, we got to talk. <laughs> it's true. I'm not even lying. I'm not even making or embellishing not one bit. And he said, Mike, on the real, this is something that you really, really need to consider. And I did. Barbara and I prayed about it. And when I prayed to the Lord fervently, because I felt, okay, Lord, this is, you keep bringing this up. What's happening? And I said, okay, I'll do it. And I left my cush job at the city of Albuquerque for a 100% commission position. Not, no base salary. This is, you don't sell, you don't eat. And so I took the position, and about three weeks after I took the position, um, we had a company meeting to go over new sales tactics and, you know, the sales thing where it's like, hey, we're going to hype you up, ha, 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 yeah, rah, rah, rah. We went into that meeting, and then they pulled out the rankings. There was about 40, 40 guys and a, and a couple of girls on that ranking. And 40 employees of who's who of the salespeople in this company. And guess where I was? Dead last. Now, hold on. I, let me correct myself. I was second to last. The only reason why there was one guy... Worse than me, because he had just started like two days ago. I was literally the worst sales guy in the entire company. And I'm going, Lord, you said you weren't going to let me fail. Like, what's happening here, man? And I started questioning, and I started getting like real anxious about it, you know? And like two or three days later, I get a call from the owner of of this wireless company, and he goes, Hey, um, Mike, I want you to consider something. He said, it's a big ask. But um, one of my, the busiest store in the company was in Gallup, New Mexico. And he says, they're stealing from us in Gallup. And I want you to go run that store, and I want you to figure out what's going on. And I go, What? Yeah, I want you to go run that store. I said, Brian, like, you know, I'm, you're the one that wrote the names on the board, my dude. Like, I was second to last, my guy. Are you sure this is the route you want? And he goes, look, Mike, I, I know your sales technique is not there, and I know for a fact, but look, I can trust you. Because he knew I was a man of God. He knew I was, I was going to church, and he was a leader in our church. And he said, I can trust you. I'll make this quick. I ran that store, and the numbers were really, really bad. 
If you understand sales techniques and sales jargon, you understand that the chargebacks were about 60% when I got there. And I took them down from 60%. By the time I left to 20%, the Lord gave me the wherewithal and the knowledge to understand sales techniques. I became a very good trainer, a very good sales rep, a great provider for my family. I was the interim manager for a couple of months there. And then they offered me the position permanently in Gallup, New Mexico. That's when we decided to make the move to Gallup, New Mexico. And about a month and a half later, they go, hey, by the way, same thing's happening in Texas. I want you now to be the district sales manager in Texas. So now I went from one store to overseeing six stores in Texas and Oklahoma. Became the third man from the top instead of the second man from the bottom. Third man from the top of the entire company. Left that company. I left that company and I came back to Albuquerque in 2012 and the Lord placed me in the sales pit in the world of advertising that I had never done. The Lord said, keep moving forward. I have a plan for you, says the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11. In the sales pit with the least amount of experience, the Lord elevated me there. And made me one of the top producers in a Fortune 500 company here in Albuquerque. And the Lord has elevated me from there. And now I look back and when they say, what made And I said, well, you know what? Just when I was getting good, the Lord said, you're going to go take care of all the technology with Richard Mansfield. And here I am today. I say that not because I want to brag on myself, but because I want to brag on my God. God is faithful. And if you sit back and you look at these doors of opportunity and you go, Lord, instead of just bashing through the doors, you sit back and you contemplate and you go, Lord, is this the door? Lord, is this the door? Lord, is this the door? The Lord is faithful. And for you and I to make wise decisions on what doors that you and I are going to walk through, we must understand that Only God has the power to open and close these doors. Look, Revelation 3, 7. This is what it says. It says, I hold the key of David in my hand. That's Jesus speaking. And anytime you and I hear that, that he is the holder of the key of the house of David, or maybe you heard, hey, the house of David says this. He's speaking on his sovereignty. Anytime you read that, he's speaking on his sovereignty. How do we know that? Look, Isaiah 22, 22 says, I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he, open, when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. Now, you have to remember that the keeper of the key had the power to open and shut the gates to the city of David. And nobody could overrule that. Nobody had the power to overrule that decision. And so Jesus, when he's saying, I have the key to the house of David. I am the keeper of the key, my my dude. I am the keeper of that key. Jesus here is expressing his power and his authority. So remember this. When you and I surrendered our lives to Christ... We made him the keeper 
of the key. Not just to one or two doors, to every door. That means we have to trust in his power, in his authority, in his sovereignty, in his plan for your life. You have made him the keeper of the keys to your life. And he says, I have that key. Because I've said this before, when you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. And that means, right, you're good with all the good God opportunities that, you have, that he gives us. Oh, yeah, all this great job and this great stuff. Oh, yeah, I love it. But what about when he decides to close that door on you? And he says, it is time to close the door. Are you going to be good with that? Do you trust his sovereignty and his plan enough to trust him in that? When he decides to close that door. See, we're... As parents, those that are parents in the room, you understand that a little bit because when you deal with your children and you have to make a difficult decision for them, even though you want, to, want them to be independent, and sometimes we have to make those difficult decisions. Am I right, parents? The first thing we say is, this is for your own. Mm-hmm. Let the choir sing. This is for your own good. You'll thank me for this later. That's what we say as parents. And that is his word to us. He's going to close that door and he's saying, dude, I'm telling you, man, this is for your own good. This is for your own good. Cutting off a toxic relationship or friendship in your life. Sometimes the Lord closes these doors to protect us. Because he has the key. He's the only one that can open and close those doors at his will. Not your will, but his will. Many of us had said, at least at one point or another, "Eh, I'm thankful that that chapter in my life is over. But hey, you're the one that walked through that door. Or you say, man, I dodged a bullet with that relationship. But guess what? You're the one that opened that door. And God goes, "Mm mm-mm. You were mad at the time. You know, church, earlier I mentioned a couple of of guys that that I'm mentoring. And, you know, I have this deep burden for the generation just behind me. And uh, these young men that I mentor and that I walk with, I walk in life with, I want them to, to, to not make the same mistakes that I made. Many of us have bumps and bruises and scars. And I go, man, just, just don't. I, I've been there, man. I, and I want to walk life with them. I want them to not just be careful for the potholes because... Although I have made some mistakes in my life and I've walked through some wrong doors, I think I've walked through a lot of good ones too after I sought Christ. And I want them to experience as well the good things of life, those joys that the Lord has brought before me. I want them to take advantage and to experience that as well. And so I take these guys, and I remember back in 2019, 
I took this young guy. He was fresh to our church just a couple of years in and kind of trying to find his footing. And, and in 2019, this guy comes up and talking about joining the worship team and kind of put him up on stage a couple of times. And an opportunity came up to join us for our national convention in Orlando, Florida. And um, he went with us. I wanted to, to expose him to, to our movement, the Church of God movement. And we got together with four or 5,000 other followers of Christ in our movement. And the worship was just dynamic. The teaching was out of this world. And the breakout sessions were just amazing. And he went, and he had already accepted Christ. But when he went in 2019 with us, he made a decision. He could probably tell you the time to the very second that the Lord touched him and called him into ministry. And that day he made a decision and he said, you know what, I'm not only just going to dedicate my life to Christ as a follower, but I'm going to dedicate my life to his service. And I want to go into ministry. That young man going to be my son-in-law in three weeks. I'm proud of him. Proud of him. I believe I just said that. <laughs> but see, you know, when you do that, you and I have to remember that if we're going to move forward, you and I have to continue to open doors of opportunity to others. To others. It's not just you. But why did I do that? Number one, it was done to me. I wouldn't be here today with so many doors of opportunity that were opened by so many people. But the man that I owe a lot to and most of who I am is Pastor Richard Mansfield. He took me almost literally by the hand. And he... He took me to these national conventions, and he introduced me to so many people. And he said, hey, Michael, I remember one time I stayed behind because I wanted to hang out with the worship team at one of these national conventions, and I wanted to pick their brain and blah, 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 blah. Pastor Richard comes up to me that, that, that evening and goes, hey, where were you? And I go, well, I was, you know, with the worship team. He goes, you stick by me. He goes, stick by me. He goes, I have people that you need to meet. At that time, I was like, oh, come on, man. It's just it's the worship team. That's, that's what I do. He knew what he was doing. And he introduced me to some people that to this day, they used to call Pastor Richard. I know you guys know that from time to time, I'll lead worship and teach classes and write curriculum at a national level for our movement. And God has been so gracious to give me that opportunity. But to this day, they used, they used to call Pastor Richard. Hey, is it okay if we call Michael? Or, hey, is Michael able to do this? But Pastor has elevated me to this level to where I don't really need to call Pastor Richard anymore. I get a call from central office saying, Michael, we, we need this. Can you fulfill this for us? Michael, we need to do this. And I'm there at that level now. Pastor has raised his level as well. And Pastor has been growing even at his age that he's now is over 60 years old now, he's still growing. He's still moving. 
from glory to glory. I, at my age, am still moving from glory to glory. The young men that are behind me are moving from glory to glory. People like Abraham Monge moving from glory to glory that I walk life with. People like Chris Camarasa that I walk with, who's now in leadership focus and who is on, on track to be ordained. Glory to glory. People like Tomas over here in our, our, our maintenance director, moving from glory to glory. And we do that because we say, no, hey, the kingdom needs a lot more people. There's more room for you in the kingdom. And you and I cannot be selfish. And we have to remember that you and I have to continue to open up doors for others, just like it was in the church of Philadelphia. They were given that charge. Kingdom work requires you to duplicate yourself. One day, I'm, you're not going to see me behind this microphone playing guitar. I don't know what the Lord has. I, all I know is I'm trying to raise up other people because that's what we've been called to do. Moses had Joshua. Paul had Timothy. And then the ultimate example, Christ had his apostles. He had many disciples, but he had 12 apostles that he poured himself into directly. And those men, minus one, poured themselves out into others because they had to grow the kingdom. They had to expand the church. You and I have been called with that same charge to grow and expand the kingdom. Because every person needs mentors and models. What does that look like? Well, I'll tell you. If you want a mentor, look for one that's just a little advanced from where you are. If you want to mentor people, look at somebody who's not where you are, just a little bit behind you. Because every leader needs to mentor somebody and duplicate themselves. And every person needs a mentor. I don't care who you are. We all stand on the shoulders of somebody. You have a job today, probably because in the majority, you knew somebody who can hook you up. I got somebody who can get you in. I can't guarantee you the job, but I can guarantee you an interview. We all stand on the shoulders of somebody. There's somebody behind me that's, his name is Richard Maxwell. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy. But I love him. Love you, Pastor. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 2.2. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, he says, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Proverbs 11.25 tells us the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So I tell you this, church. How do we respond to that? How do we respond to these doors that are in our life, these decisions that you and I need to make? Well, I'll tell you right now. First of all, we need to exercise discernment. And discernment is one of those words that we throw around as Christians. is Christianese, if you will. It's in the English language. Discernment is not exclusive to our faith. Discernment, how we use discernment as Christians is to understand or know something through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the discernment that you and I need to use is through the power of the Holy Spirit, not this, something's telling me. I'm feeling like, 
No, it's the Lord is telling me. The Holy Spirit is leading me to make this decision. Philippians 1, 9 and 10 tells us this. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. That you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. He wants us to grow in knowledge and understanding. Get that, family. Get that. What else? We need to exercise courage. You and I need to exercise courage to make the right decisions, to choose the right doors. It's easy to walk the, less, the path less traveled, as they say, the road less traveled. It's easy to make those easy decisions. They don't challenge us at all. Try making those difficult decisions, right? The church in Philadelphia, the Lord commended them. He says, I know you're weak, man. I know you don't have strength right now, but you are remaining faithful. See, they had the kind of strength that, um, that was strong, if that makes sense. Because in their weakness, they still held the line. They remained faithful, and they held that line of faith that they had in Christ. They took courage, a lot of courage, to hold that line against such persecution. Yet the church in Philadelphia held the line, and the Lord said, I see you, man. It does not go unnoticed. Keep fighting the good fight. Use that courage. What are the reward? What are the rewards for choosing the right door in my family? I'll tell you right now. The Lord wants to make you a pillar in his temple. The Lord wants to make you a pillar in his temple. A pillar of strength and of power among your family, your friends, your co-workers, your church family, your community. Look at uh, look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. It says, all who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. This is Jesus speaking. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God, and I will also write on them my new name. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. He wants to make you a pillar in your church. He wants to make you a pillar in your family. He wants to make you a pillar in your neighborhood. He wants to make you a pillar. Choose the right doors. Listen to his voice. Give him the keys to your life. Give him the keys of the house of David of your life. Many of you are facing a door today. Some of you... Uh, know for a fact that you need to maybe open this door. But you're over here with your hand on the handle on this door ready, just cranking. But you know that's the door that you need to open over here. But this is the easy door to open. And the Lord is calling you to open this door. And he's saying, oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. Scared to walk through it. I get it. Just like I was. That opportunity that was brought to me. Others have walked through just a multitude of wrong doors. And you find yourself in this mess. 
The one thing that we all have in common, whether you're choosing the right doors or the wrong doors or you're scared, or maybe you're walking past all these doors, the right doors and the wrong doors at the same time, that Christ promises that if we remain faithful to him, he will protect you from the hour of trial. What his word says. And make you pillars in God's heavenly temple. If you've walked through the wrong doors a lot, remain faithful. Remain faithful. Trust in his sovereignty and listen for his voice. I want you to stand with me today, if you will. Before we close, look, we've spoken about a lot of doors today and as we stand here today as you're stretching and as you're doing your thing, you've been sitting down for about 45 minutes. You've been thinking this entire time, man, Lord, thank you so much for that one door that changed my entire life. And you're thanking him for it. You say, Lord, thank you so much. Maybe you're thinking about, oh my gosh, Lord, I've been choosing the wrong doors. It's just this pattern that I have that I can't stop choosing the wrong doors. Lord, what is it? Maybe you're leaning too much on your own understanding and you're not listening to him or maybe you haven't given him the keys to the house of David. But church, I want to present to you this awesome opportunity that I think, like it was told to me one time, I think your family is going to be good for your family. That's the door of salvation. I know it was a life-changing one for my family. And today, you've caught yourself and you said, man, I've been choosing so many wrong doors or that's all I've ever done is chosen the wrong doors. And what is this sovereignty key of David thing you're talking about? Let's talk about it. And if you've never made a decision to walk through that door of salvation and you've never given your life to Christ, today's the day. Stop being the Kool-Aid guy. Pick the right door. Choose the door of salvation. He stands at the door and knocks. That you would open him, open up the door, rather, for him, that he would come in and sup with you and you with him. Church, if you've never done that, and if you're in this place, you've never given your life to Christ, and you want to do that today, I invite you. Is there anyone in here that has never done that, that would like to surrender their life to Christ and start choosing today the right door? Anyone in here? Amen. Somebody said me. Praise the Lord. (laughs) She said me. Amen. All of heaven rejoicing. Will you bow your head with me, family? And rejoice with my sister. My sis, will you repeat this prayer with me? Just Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of second chances and third and fifth chances. Lord, I receive you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Here are the keys to my house. I give it all to you, Heavenly Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Will you celebrate with my sister?
Come on over, sis. Amen. Come on over. Church, before we dismiss, Tomas, congratulations, my sister. Amen. Tomas, will you do me a favor? You take my sister out. Thank you so much. Family, before we dismiss, I want you guys to stay put for a second because I want you to, to do me a favor. Close those doors to the sanctuary, please. Go ahead and close those doors. But we have a decision to make, church, of what doors you and I are going to walk through. And so I want you to think right now. I want you guys to bow your heads with me. I'm just here for a couple more minutes. I want you to bow your head with me. And I want you to think, man, the Lord has been so good to you. The Lord has been so, so good to you. I want you to think of that prayer that you have, whether it's a prayer of gratitude right now or if it's a prayer of life change that the Lord is leading you to make today. And I want you to take it a step further. I want you to think of one person in your life that needs to start making the right choices. There's a person that you're thinking about. You're saying, Lord, I, I really, I, I, I need that person to start making the right choices. I love this person. I, Lord, you know the person in every heart. The silence in here, Lord, is deafening. You hear every prayer, Lord, in this place right now. Prayers of gratitude. Prayers begging for your forgiveness. And prayers, Lord, for those that we love, that we want to see them, Lord, stop for just a second and choose the right door. Lord, today as we stand here, Lord, I, I'm thankful, Lord, that I chose the right doors. That I finally gave it all to you, Lord. And today I pray, Lord, that we all here, Lord, not walk out the same person that we walked in, but transformed in the renewing of our mind here today, Lord. That we would all surrender to you and your sovereignty, Heavenly Father. That we would totally surrender and give you the keys to our life, Lord. To all these doors, Lord, that we would listen to your voice, Lord. My sheep know my voice, Heavenly Father. Let us become your sheep. That we would recognize your voice, Lord, amidst, Lord, all of the noise that surrounds us. That we would still hear your voice. The stillness of your spirit, Heavenly Father. So, Lord, we pray for your peace and your comfort as we depart here today, Lord. And I pray once again, Lord, that we leave transformed, Heavenly Father. Not the same person we walked in, Lord, but a completely different person, Lord. To understand, Lord, the plan that you have for our life. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Give him glory today, church. Give him glory. Church, I pray that you have been ministered today. I love you, church. You're dismissed in his name. I can't wait to see you all on Wednesday.